It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. Hi everyone, welcome to the Panacea Concept. Today we're going to discuss a very different topic than the usual, um, even though there's been 135 other episodes. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. So, uh, this is going to be on pet health. I was very curious about pet health because of the uh, health issues I had and, how, and when I realized that I could naturally overcome these issues, these conditions, then I wondered about pet health like how is it how is it different uh is it different uh, how do i take care of them there's so much misinformation online uh very similar to how there's so much misinformation about everything online um but in particular it, it goes with human health so human health uh i mean good luck uh well, anything with health good luck trying to find a real answer and trying to get a really good perspective and, and just a good foundation in which to build on uh, so I didn't know where to start for, for pet health, so I asked uh, the uh, person that I feel just, he, he's a brain, and he, he reads a ton of things, and he, he's mentioned in passing that he likes uh, his pets and would love to help pets more, um, and that is uh, Dr. Stephen Gabral, mentioned him a lot of times, but he recommended this book, The Nature of Animal Healing, by Dr. Martin Goldstein. Uh, I think in his latest book, which I just I just looked up, he has another book called The Spirit of Animal Healing, I believe. And uh, now he's Marty. He's Marty Goldstein. But um, yeah, so I uh, I read this book and uh, very eye-opening how very similar our health, human health, is to animal's health. There, there's a little bit differences with with uh, whether they're more of a carnivore uh, than humans. Uh, of course, dogs and animals, or th dogs and cats are more of a carnivore than a uh, human is. So uh, we do have to keep that in mind when giving them food. So what happens with their health is, is uh, it really surprised me how very similar and how well it paralleled uh, to our own health. So much the same way I would coach a human being who I can talk to, or much easier than a than a pet. Um, it's it's a lot of the same principles apply to a dog or a cat. Uh, so I mean that's why I found out in the book. It's very interesting. So although the person who wrote the book is conventionally trained, he realized through having an open mind that a lot of the things he was taught was uh, not the whole truth, and uh, and you know, and we see that a lot with a lot of um, a lot of people in any walk of life, we, we begin to realize what we were told for so long was just a story that these people, whether they did it through uh, malintent or um, accidentally, uh, they, they taught these stories so well. So, so at, at an opportune moment in our development, uh, in our mental development, you know, maybe before the age of seven, maybe just before the age we realize to question everything, um, that uh, that the, this myth keeps getting promoted over and over and over again, and we end up with the worldwide issues that we have today. 
all really perpetuated by myths. Um, you know, global warming is not just all about CO2, there's a lot of other factors. Um, the, our health epidemic of diseases and, and all these things, not just because, or not, mainly not because of our genetics, it's our environment that we are taught not to look at. And when we, when we do that, we ignore millions of other factors um, besides our genetics, things we can actually control. We can't really control our genetics yet. I believe there's still some crazy uh, scientific experiments with, with gene altering um, going on right now, but let's just say you can't uh, control your genetics in, in, a, in a sane way. I'm sure there's going to be a long-term repercussion because humans have a tendency to, to look at a very small, finite number of variables, change uh, those few things that they keep in mind, and really not foresee the other thousand of other variables that can be happening um, down, to, down the line. So uh, very interesting to learn that uh, dogs and cats very much affected the same way. So they have same organs uh, maybe there's a few differences but you know the same main ones that i focus on the liver the kidney the thyroid um the skin um are all similar and react the same way to uh drugs and uh, environmental toxins and um and yeah so it was good to know what so, like some basic foundational things to build on and really where the uh, conventional veterinary treatments where those uh, how those can harm long-term health is always good because I know that for human health um, but when it comes to pets there's a, there's a couple elements that don't are, are not parallel uh, such as preventable uh, flea and tick uh, medicine or drugs uh, or preventable heart heartworm preventatives uh, those things we don't do that to ourselves if there's a parasite that affects humans we don't ingest a poison that kills those parasites just as a preventative for our entire lives we don't do that we do that to the animals who can't speak and uh, who can't tell us you know what i don't feel that great after taking uh so and so medication uh, they they can't speak and that's one of the scariest things about taking care of these furry creatures is that they can't speak, they can't tell us what's going on. Uh, we have to really infer uh, what's going on, how they feel, um, and notice the, their behavior and things like that, and check out their skin and their coat and, and their teeth and all these things. We have to do all that for them. And so when you just don't even understand the basic foundation, you end up tending to uh, really give over all your authority to an expert, I'm doing air quotes for people listening on the podcast, um, you give it to the, to the expert. Um, and when I learned there were so many things that uh, human conventional medicine did wrong and does wrong, uh, from unnecessary surgeries to unnecessary drugs to unnecessary lifelong cycle of drugs and disease over and over again, um, I, was, I was worried, rightfully so, of what have I done to my to my uh, furry babies? What have I done to my dog and cats? Uh, because I used to um, take them to the conventional uh, medicine veterinary uh, person. So they got their vaccines. They um, they got their preventatives. Um, particularly my dog, uh, who's about 
I want to say 65 pounds. She's a, uh, she looks like a Labrador, but she's um, a blend of Akita and Rottweiler. And, um, and she is a tough girl. And, uh, and I used to have her on preventatives for flea and heart, worm, and, um, and tick, I believe. Uh, but through reading the book, I learned how dogs and cats do get affected by, uh, let's say, mosquitoes, um, and how, how to make it uh, more unlikely for them to develop heartworms, for them to uh, even be uh, latched onto by fleas. Uh, this I did like this was this makes sense, but I would I don't think I would have made that conclusion. But um, these parasites it are just like every other parasite. When there's a vulnerability, it's easier for them to attack you. So uh, so that was eye-opening for me, as well as he has a lot of homeopathic uh, remedies that he talks about that he f has found to have success with um, in, in his practice. I think the guy's been practicing veterinary. Um, he's had a practice for uh, since 1990. I think the book is 1999 or something. Uh, so quite a while. Uh, so I'm assuming he practiced for years before he wrote the book. So somewhere around, the guy has been practicing for probably around 30 years plus. Uh, so a lot of experience there and not very dogmatic if he's willing to uh, reduce the amount of vaccines. He's very, he speaks heavily throughout the whole book really about vaccines and um, the correlation between the increase in certain diseases and vulnerabilities that occur later in life. Uh, so uh, he speaks numerous times uh, throughout the whole book about how a, this particular vaccine may lead to uh, an increase in maybe a certain organ uh, having been damaged and failing uh, increase in, in, in those sort of uh, diseases, uh, diseases. And, um, and yeah, and it was very, it's very applicable. So pretty much if you listen to this show and learn how to be healthy, uh, uh, with yourself and with humans, it's very similar to how you can help your pets. So some practical tips I'll give you on the next time I speak about uh, pets, and that's just because this, uh, this is the first episode I'm doing on it. Uh, I believe that people want to do the best job uh, they can for their pets, and uh, you know, just like me, and maybe they want to do a better job for their pets than they want to do for themselves. And through taking care of them, they, uh, the pets, they can also learn to take care of themselves and vice versa. So I, I definitely um, will revisit this topic. But for now, I just want to give a brief overview of some things that um, are good to learn. So uh, one of the first things to learn is that uh, same thing that goes with human health that uh, these uncurable uh, hypothyroid or thyroid issues or hormonal issues or skin conditions are just genetic or maybe even uh, environmental where they say it's, oh, it's allergies. Their, their immune system is just uh, too sensitive to a specific allergy in the environment. Not true. So there's a lot more to that. Um, sure, there may be some like sensitivity to certain things, but for the most part, it's an immune issue. And because of the weakened immune system by the various things that we do to our pets, which, uh, like I was mentioning, the, the poisons that we put into our pets to kill parasites before they're even there, we don't even know um, when are, when's the seasons. Like, there's no regard to given to the, when the seasons are um, for mosquitoes or fleas. Uh, you know, it's just take this 
benign drug poison uh, all the time, regardless of likelihood uh, for uh, the whatever particular parasite. So, um, so by doing that, we weaken the their immune system, which is uh, just it's it's capable of doing a lot of things, but it's also fragile to the same things that human the human immune system is. Uh, we have a lack of nutrition, uh, so. I found it uh, very also <laughs> surprising that they need similar nutrition um, than uh, the, the same similar nutrition as a human, which uh, which I found surprising. So they still need liver nutrients, uh, specific liver nutrients that goes over. They go over that in the book uh, several times as well. Um, they still need to be able to detoxify. So if we're constantly burdening them with these drugs and with these poor food choices because um, the pet food market is very similar to the human food market where they will package poison in a pretty little uh, bag or box and just shove it and you know, put, put that right on the shelves uh, because it's not illegal for them to put these types of poisons, talk about artificial uh, sugars and colors and flavors and um, even uh, non-absorbable non forms of vitamins and minerals and all these things. Um, oh, even, I mean, there's some even crazier things, which I don't think, I haven't uh, seen a brand that has this form of, of meat in it, but if uh, you see a brand or if you are giving your pet a brand that has rendered meat in it, which is uh, insane. Uh, don't do that. Don't uh, get rid of that product right away. Don't finish the bag. Um, get your money back if you can. But rendered meat, um, at least in, in, as the time of, of this book, and I will uh, continue to update my, my knowledge, um, but, but as the time of writing that book, uh, rendered meat was, or currently is, uh, whatever is sent to a processing plant, uh, which included pets, which included euthanized uh, or or road meat uh, pets. So so uh, as insane as that sounds, so um, they would send any carcass over to these rendering plants, um, and these plants would grind these uh, carcasses up, and that would be later sent to these food quote food uh, facilities that would make dog food. Uh, because it wasn't illegal. Uh, so that was insane to find out and very disheartening uh, to even think about. Um, and that even included that the pet's collars could technically legally also be grinded up. So it would be um, inorganic material as well as, um, you know, diseased um, carcasses as well being rendered into uh, pet food supply. So that... Um, you know, that was that was really uh, horrific. There was a lot of horrific things in this book, but also a lot of uh, hope because one, it's the same thing with uh, which I, I always say on the show or or uh, in the articles or blogs that I write is that there's as as hard as it seems to overcome all these seemingly impossible obstacles. You know, all the information you have to learn in order to protect yourself, all the things you have to do in order to be healthy, it's really not. So it's really not that impossible and it's really worth doing. It's just something that we should have learned to do from a very young age. If we would have learned to do all these things from a, from a really young age, uh, it wouldn't seem like a chore to do, to do exercise, to uh, read, uh, to uh, farm on our property. It wouldn't 
wouldn't feel, feel like a chore, it would just be part of life. So not impossible, there's hope, and it's absolutely worth uh, putting in the time and effort into your health and your pet's health. So, uh, so there is a dark history around vaccines. It's the same for humans, it's the same for pets. Uh, they, there are many, like the studies that they use um, are manipulated in, in very much the same way as we're seeing with this, uh, with this new vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine um, as well as um, these uh, vaccines for pets. And um, so this does lead to uh, an increased risk in, um, in many different diseases. But instead of uh, autism for humans, um, it may be um, a lot of different forms of cancer for, for pets. So there is that. Um, it is, uh, but you know, there's a nice option that I never, never knew about, um, and I, I definitely, I don't think I'm going to take my vet, my uh, dog or cats to a uh, conventional vet because um, they may just for no reason, just because legally they have to um, uh, vaccinate at every certain amount of time. Uh, I may not bring my pets back there unless it's an absolute emergency, um, and that's just minimizing the amount of exposures they have. But there's a really interesting option, which I did not know about. I think it also applies to humans. I don't know um, too many people who, uh, who, who do this, but there's a, a thing called a teeter test, and that's where the, uh, it's a, a blood test, I believe. I'm 90% sure it's a blood test. The most conventional uh, tests are based on blood. But um, the, the test tests for uh, antibodies, uh, the antibody response. So the vaccine that, uh, that um, any vaccine that, that uh, pharmaceutical company or the uh, veterinary uh, doctor, um, <laughs> the vaccine that they use, it's supposed to elicit a specific antibody response to the specific des desired thing that they want to protect the dog or person from. Um, so uh, that, that elevated antibody uh, response is a indication that the product worked, that, the, that it's the desired result. So there's actually a test that will look for that specific antibody. So the uh, vet or the um, doctor can see that uh, the previous vaccine may be given several years ago, um, whether that antibody response is still elevated. So if it is, then there's no point in, in administering another vaccine. So this is a, a good way to reduce um, vaccine exposures uh, because even, uh, even I believe a holistic vet still is required to, depending on the state, to give a vaccine every so often. So uh, specific vaccines every so often. So like the rabies shot, I think it's once every three years for some states, the, at least for Florida and North Carolina. Um, and for other states, it's every year. So, um, so yeah. So, but for other vaccines, when they say, well, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been two years, let's redo. Um, I don't even know the different vaccine names like, uh, per Parvo or, or, um, no idea. So anyway, uh, main point is that these vaccines are given every so often, and they many of them, I, in my view, all of them are really unnecessary. Uh, but who knows? Maybe there's one that isn't, and um, and you can reduce it, and you can actually show in a test that you don't actually need, uh, or your pet doesn't actually need a specific vaccine for by doing this teeter test. So. 
um, and seeing that the antibodies uh, response is already still elevated. So there's no point in adding, uh, you know, an additional uh, vaccine to elevate the antibodies even more if you already have the response that you were looking for and the manufacturer were looking for. So um, anyway, I thought that was a good option that I wanted to share uh, with you, hopefully. I mean, if you don't have a vet that you can talk to uh, about this stuff and uh, who's non-responsive, then move on. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a shame. It's the same thing with uh, doctor, you know, human doctors as well. And it's, um, and it's a shame that uh, that's, people aren't uh, taught to be open-minded, but, uh, but that's the world we're living in, and we can uh, have a lot more of an impact on our health and our pet's health just by lifestyle factors and, and educating ourselves. So, um, so like I mentioned before, so the heartworm and flea and tick preventatives, awful, poisons. Um, I, I, I don't know how many years, I, I believe at least two or three years I gave my uh, dog, her name's Kaya, by the way, um, I gave her, uh oh, I probably shouldn't say her name. Anyway, um, I gave her those uh, preventatives for a very long time because I was scared about her getting fleas or her getting heartworms. You know, they have these um, models in the office, in the veterinary, veterinary office of these big worms. And, you know, it's like going through the heart and it's just, that's a scary uh, parasite. And, um, and I want to protect my dog. So, of course, you know, and I didn't know better. Um, but it turns out, uh, I mean, coming from a professional, that heartworms are, I mean, the, the process for heartworms to get into a dog is actually kind of difficult, of course, depending on the region and how many mosquitoes um, there are. But uh, basically the process is to, for an infected mosquito that has worms to bite a dog and the worms to transfer into the dog and to uh, grow a bit, then uh, the, another mosquito uh, has to pick up those uh, worms. Uh, you know, So the, another mosquito has to uh, bite the dog again, pick up the worms again, and then they have to complete another cycle of growth in the um, in the mosquito, and then get bit back into the dog, and then that way that uh, worm will actually mature enough. Otherwise, um, there may be some natural things um, in this book that talks about uh, um, making it more unlikely for the worms to survive in a dog. So never heard about that option from the vet. You probably never heard of it as well. The natural options, the things you can do to have a defense uh, for for your dog from uh, from heartworms and fleas and ticks. So uh, similar, not quite as hard uh, to get uh, fleas or ticks. A lot easier to get bit by those. Um, but what you can actually or what you can actually do for your dog or pet or cat if you have an outdoor cat. Um, I don't understand you, to be honest. <laughs> I keep my cats nice, safe, and uh, indoors. Uh, but I do see a lot, and my neighbors have outdoor cats. So if you have outdoor cats, and you want to help protect your cats from fleas and ticks and things like that, um, then and your and your dog, um, that uh, their immune system. So when their immune system is weakened, they're more likely to have fleas and ticks latch on to them. Um, at least fleas, anyway, uh, to latch on to them. Uh, for longer periods of time and stay there because they have a, the, I guess, a proper meal. So very interesting. It's just like every parasite where if um, if your immune system is weak or weakened, uh, it's easier for you to get a parasite. I mean, um, could you still potentially get a, a fleas or, or your dog <laughs> could, could get fleas 
even if they have a better immune system, possibly. Um, but you're, you're, the game, the name, name of the game is being like real preventatives. And if just improving your dog's immune system means that it's less likely, I say that's a win. You know definitely if you give your uh, dog or cat uh, chemical preventatives that you're poisoning them. And these side effects, feel free to look them up. But I, I, I read the label of uh, some of the things that were prescribed to my pets. And one of the side effects that, that you, and you can see all the side effects listed uh, for any drug, but it's the same thing for humans and, and, uh, and animals. The side effects that you see, the possible side effects, the rare side effects that are occurring in certain animals, isn't really just occurring in certain animals. It's manifesting and, and being a lot easier to see in certain animals, but that same type of damage is occurring in everyone and every person who takes something. Um, it's occurring uh, on some level uh, with every uh, pet as well. And so that means, uh, like the, for example, the neurological um, problems that was listed on the uh, flea preventative topical that I saw for, um, for my cats, um, means that there's still neurological damage happening, uh, but will it, will I notice it? Will I notice it or will it be uh, clinically uh, show up on a test that the vet does? That's where, when it becomes more rare. Uh, and so by conventional medicine standards or conventional uh, veterinary standards, it's not a problem until it passes a point where they can label it as a particular disease. So, um, so this is a, a natural reactive response, and that's why mainstream medicine and mainstream health uh, in general, it does so poorly with people's and animals' health over the long term. I mean, these things don't, uh, these health conditions don't just pop up. Um, they don't just pop up one day randomly. It's, it's occurring over a long period of time, and it's not being tested for, which is why uh, you know, as an integrative health uh, practitioner and the tests that I do, they're all preventative. They're all, let's look at the long term. Let's look at what's happening uh, with the different systems of the body so that we can get way, way ahead of any larger imbalances that can later be clinically diagnosed. Um, and that's, that's much better, in my opinion, than waiting for uh, this damage to, to be just so far gone where it could be labeled as cancer or tumor growth or, or whatever. Um, you know, there's no guarantees, uh, but getting, I mean, making things le uh, less likely uh, is just, that in my, in my opinion, it's a lot more, is way more worth the effort. Okay, so next up, the the little thing I learned about dog and cat food. Basically, it's like uh, I knew I knew it at the time too, but I didn't know what to feed my pets. To um, yeah, I didn't know what to feed my pets because when you go online and you look at particular food, like is is it okay if my dog eats an apple? Is it okay if I my dog eats this type of apple? Is it okay if my dog eats this banana? Uh, what um. What you'll find is always kind of like a, a now I, I say this word a lot, but that's because it's very true. It's misinformation and propaganda uh, towards natural food. You know, it's always, you know what, it's best for you to consult your vet and it's best for you to buy like dog approved or cat approved 
uh, cereal, and um, and it's not it's not best for dogs and cats to eat what many learn to call dog and cat food. Uh, what it's actually better for them to do is eat real food, and just like humans. You know, I mean, imagine how healthy a human being would be if every meal you ate was a type of cereal. Um, first of all, many of them have really horrible preservatives and colors and artificial junk in it. Um, but second, I mean, it's not a, it's not the variety enough to it's not a variety enough of of uh, nutrition in one food ever. There'll there'll never be enough. I mean, I take supplements, um, and it's a, that's just how it is. It's supplement. You still need to eat food. Uh, so I mean, if anything. If you wanted to get your pet, I mean, you find a good, appropriate brand, and you wanted to get your, you know, have like a supplement for your pet or something, that makes more sense than um, than it does for anyone to just constantly feed pet cereal every meal. So um, this, um, uh, I mean, th this poor diet that uh, pets have are, are linked to all sorts of of chronic diseases that I don't even, I mean, there's so many of them, it's really no point for me bringing up specific ones, but I mean, if we had to, um, I mean, there's liver liver symptoms, liver uh, diseases that can be brought up because of the lack of liver nutrients and the combination of lack of nutrients and poisonous um, preventatives that the owner uh, gives to the pet. Uh, it was just a bad combination just increases toxicity so that could just lead to any type of I don't know itis that you want to say for for certain organs um, um, I would refer you over back to my five case studies uh, episode or article so that I can uh, so if you haven't seen or, or listened or read that uh, episode, uh, what it is is basically five different case studies where I go over different tactics that different companies have um, in, uh, in creating their supplements that show you the, the sh really how to, what to look for for a good one and, and all the different ways that these companies kind of rip people off. So, um, so I, I would refer you back to that. I believe that's was episode one twenty three, episode one twenty three. But one of the the tactics I'll go over here really quickly is uh, something called pixie dusting. I notice this a lot with pet food. When you look at the back of the label, um, you'll find many of the same things I talked about in episode one twenty three. Um, is uh, you'll you'll see a bunch of different good ingredients. But I mean, what's the quantity of it? Is it enough? Is it uh, is it an effective dose of uh, meat? Is it an effective dose of vitamins and minerals and um, let's say amino acids and things like that? Um, is it an effective dose? Really hard to tell. I mean, I can't tell from the package because they don't actually they they list the ingredients, but they don't actually say how much of each one, what's the daily value, um, uh, and and most likely the daily value for pets. Is also not a good metric to to consider because the daily value for humans is very is more like a minimal um, value. So you sometimes need 20 times the amount um, that the FDA uh, says that you need uh, with certain vitamins and minerals. Most likely not minerals though. You sometimes need mostly vitamins. You need like. Uh, I, I see that 10 times or 20 times the amount of vitamins is still a good dose. So, um, so yeah, pixie dusting is something to watch out for. It'll have like a million ingredients. Uh, and think about the size of that uh, 
of that um, uh, of those little kibbles. You know, it's, it's like some sometimes it's really small. Sometimes it's like you know, if you have a bigger dog, slightly bigger. Um, but they're not going to have uh, you know alfalfa uh, sprouts or whatever uh, they say they have there. They're not going to have enough per um, per kibble. It's basically going to be a particle. Like one particle of this nugget is going to be uh, alfalfa, and one particle is going to be vitamin D3, and another particle is going to, you know, it's just too many ingredients. So I don't think um, there's too many, I really don't think there's any food uh, that's uh, like that, where it's pet cereal, that's going to be good enough for a pet. All right, so um, that is it for this episode. I hope this was helpful. Some some practical takeaways. Uh, give your pet some real food. Uh, don't listen too much to um, the articles that say certain things are poisonous um, and, and whatnot. Like, like uh, I think a lot of that's propaganda. Definitely, like consult a holistic uh, practitioner, a veterinary practitioner, or read something from a holistic. Um, doctor. I do have uh, some articles linked below for uh, from Dr. Martin. He has a, a blog and um, and what else does he have? I have uh, a couple of things linked at least that will be in the show notes so definitely you know take some time to learn how to take care of your pet. I mean they really have they, they depend completely on us and uh, and we should I think we owe it to them to, to do the best we can and um, and yeah so um, right so some practical takeaways I cut myself off heartworm flea and tick preventatives work on getting their immune system better um, if fleas and ticks are a problem there are natural alternatives which uh, I didn't know about listed in this book as well and if I could look it up super quick uh, I think it's over here uh, do, 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 do. Yes, here we go. Oh, I'm good. Uh, good thing I marked it. So there are herbal, herbal collars that are recommended. So let's see. Herbal fleas, oils are penroyal, eucalyptus, and citronella. So you can buy uh, essential or herbal oil uh, mixture and dilute it. I believe you're going to follow the instructions, and that's a good uh, preventative as well. And I'm sure... The, uh, the dogs will nice uh, will smell nice, and so that's an added bonus. Um, the other thing was brewer's yeast. It's hard for me to say that word, brewer's yeast. Uh, anyway, B-R-E-W-E-R, -E -E brewer's. Man, okay, so that type of yeast, you know what I'm saying. Uh, you could put it on the back of a dog, uh, about one tablespoon for a large dog. You rub the, the yeast in the fur, and so that's also another preventative as well as garlic. So this was interesting because I was told and I, uh, by a family member that garlic was poisonous um, to a dog. But you know what? So is the actual literal poison that the vet gives the dog. So I wonder if it's the, <laughs> which one's the real thing to look out for. I would think garlic, um, if, a vet, <laughs> if a vet of like 30 years of practice says that he gives his dog garlic, um, then I think it's relatively much more safe than whatever chemical that uh, that is is being pumped into a dog's uh, veins to kill fleas. Um, so yeah, I mean typically natural things have a lot less possibility of side effects and a lot more benefits to them than anything art uh, artificial or chemical. Um, anyway, but 
Anyway, so I hope this episode was helpful. I hope this I hope you take care of your pets uh, better after listening to this episode. And I hope um, to talk to, about this subject again. I'll definitely talk about the subject again. Um, so on that note, there is a crazy promotion going on with Equal Life that I, I usually don't uh, speak about every promotion that uh, Equal Life does, and that's because sometimes they're just okay promotions, and other times they're crazy promotions. And in this case, they are giving away the hair tissue mineral analysis, which is now called the minerals and metals test, on every order over $149. That's a uh, 300, I believe 300 dollars or more uh, functional medicine test that comes with a consultation. Um, if you I don't believe I, I don't believe I can actually consult on this promotion so you'll be consulted by someone else still great for 30 minutes um, and you'll get $150 of, uh, of supplements anyway so it's like uh, getting it's for $150 you're getting 400 400 plus dollars of product of functional a functional medicine test then functional medicine supplements um, as well so it seems like uh, that's one of the the best deals that I've seen. The other one was, um, you know, with functional medicine testing, but that would be for the big five. There were some good deals about that uh, in the past. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, this is maybe the fourth time where they had a really, really good uh, functional medicine promotion. So um, it doesn't happen very often because <laughs> they cost a lot of money, these, these tests. So um, only um, special occasions they can give away, I, I believe they can give away, um, you know, any sort of additional uh, uh, any sort of additional uh, promotion because other uh, practices actually give, they actually charge a lot more <laughs> for these uh, for these functional medicine tests. So what they do um, is that, like, if you look on Equal Life and, and look in the functional medicine test uh, section, what you'll see is uh, you know a couple hundred dollars for each test, and that's seems expensive to people who aren't familiar with functional medicine. Uh, but when you look at um, and you compare to the other different functional medicine brands, and even if you go to a functional medicine um, office, uh, their tests will actually be a lot more expensive. Uh, they won't be complete. They'll be in an added charge for consultation. They'll, um, I mean, they won't be, some, some of them might not be at home tests. Um, and, and yeah, so there's a lot of different benefits. You have to look and see if it's right fit for you. The hair tissue mineral analysis is great for most people. Um, I would say anyone who has a couple inches of hair to spare, uh, it's a good test. Uh, and that has to be on the top of the head. Uh, on the back of the head, more specifically, will be where the sample is. Um, is will be taken. It'll be taken from uh, a couple different sites. You can do as many as you want. A couple hairs here and there, so there, there's no bald spots and what you'll get is you'll see your mineral stress response how your body is dealing with stress on a, on a mineral base level you'll see uh, heavy toxic metals uh, heavy metals um, you'll see um, uh, other minerals and that has a, a big correlation with how your body's doing and like I mentioned you'll get a 30-minute consultation not with me but with uh, someone in Equal Life if you want to take advantage of this uh, of this promotion I recommend it especially I mean it can't be free all right so I'll see you on the next episode of the Panacea concept if you do take advantage of that promotion make sure to shoot me an email and that's just because the link uh, half the time 
or 80% of the time doesn't actually work. Uh, there's some kind of technical issue going on there. Um, and if you do uh, take advantage of that, uh, you can feel free to also take advantage of my free online community where I'll be answering uh, questions, the community's questions, uh, every day, every week, uh, and so forth. And if you would like more information like this, feel free to subscribe and uh, see me on any of my many social media platforms. There's so many nowadays now that you know so so much is going on. Um, and if you need help with your health, let me be the one to help you or point you in the direction of someone who's a better fit for whatever you're going through. Uh, email me at mathew at rootlevelwellness. That's rootlvlwellness.com to set your free exploratory call or to join my free health coaching group. Till next time, seek knowledge, take ownership, and take constant action. Bye.